yo, you went to a festival in a panoramic? What the hell? <laughs> yo, let's get right into it. A review of Lala Lapuza 2021. So much to talk about. I'm going to try to be concise and talk to y'all about the main points of the trip. The best things about the festival, the worst things, as well as what it was like going to a festival in a pandemic. Very interesting experiences. Let's talk about some general facts of the festival. So it was a four day festival from July 29th to August 1st. It's reported that there were more than 100K people a day. But to be honest, it only felt like it was crowded during the big performances. But I definitely believe it could have been that many people. Grant Park is huge. It took at least 20 to 25 minutes to get from one side of the festival to the other side. Um, the demographics, it was mostly white by a large margin, probably about 90%, you know, 70 to 90%, quite a bit. Uh, and the biggest age demographic felt like maybe 18 and 22. But I, I, I'll be honest, I was surprised by not just the demographics, but more so just the sheer amount of people. I don't think any of us anticipated this many people. I don't know any festival I've ever been to that is big. Like, mind you, I've only ever been to Memphis in May and Memphis, Tennessee and Riverfest when it comes to music festivals for the most part. So this was way bigger than anything we've probably ever been to. And I don't think we anticipated that. I'm not sure if other visitors did either. There was also the, the possibility of how would the pandemic have affected the turnout? Like, we don't know if it was more people or less people because of the pandemic, because we had never been in Lollapalooza prior to 2021. But yeah, as far as the demographic, my group itself was pretty diverse, you know, two Asians and four black guys. And um, it was overall a great vibe. Now, the weather was the biggest MVP, though. 74 75 degree weather all weekend sunny no raining no muddy like it was literally a vibe just walking around in your shorts everybody you know just walking around with you know women with bikinis on etc it, it was just a great vibe and the weather really really came through you know um you really would only be sweating in this weather if you were jumping up and down during the concert, you were surrounded by people and it was really crowded. But for the most part, man, I didn't even sweat this weekend. It was that great of a vibe when it came to the weather. But those are the general facts of what led into the festival. Anyway, so let's let's give a shout out to the squad. Like, let me let you know who I went to this festival with. We had my homie Sterling, cool ass homie from Delaware. We had my homies Kaylin, Kai, and David, some of my best homies from high school. Little Rock Central stand up. And then you have my homie Brandon, one of my day ones from SAU, you know, college day straight out of Louisiana. Then you have my boy Dre dating back to PBL. We actually met for the first time in Chicago a couple years back, which is crazy. And then every now and then we play Apex. I'd be carrying his ass. He's from Alabama. So anyway, the festival had the perfect setup, man. Had a great group of friends. We all were down to have some fun. We stayed at the Palmer House, big ass hotel downtown. So we were in walking distance to the festival. The, the hotel was pretty dope, really nice, but they had some shitty bar service. That's That was the only thing I would really knock from them. As far as drinking food, man, as it concerned the festival, me and Sterling felt like the best food was definitely Connie's. It was never too crowded over there because of the location. Um, it was, I think it was by the Bud Light stage. And the pizza was the best, man. In terms of deep dish, I think they were the closest thing you're going to get to that at the festival, which is what Chicago is known for. So that was dope. What we were drinking on, we had canned crown, you know, crown and peach, crown and coke. Even tried some crown and apple. And then we were drinking on that Jack Daniels honey. Then we had Stella's. 
the homie Brandon really put the whole group on that one. Like, them, them hoes was good. That's my new go-to. And if honestly, if you didn't want something to drink at the uh, festival because it was most expensive, you, it really was pretty easy to sneak shit in, man. I'm not saying that I was sneaking things in, but if you wanted to, you could have done it. You know, I'm not, I'm not finna incriminate anybody. Um, but anyway, the best place we ate outside of the festival, because after the festival, it was so crowded, y'all, that if you wanted something to eat, the lines were long. But it looks like most of the restaurants were prepared for that, for the most part. But we ate at Harold's Chicken, y'all. Oh, that was the best after festival food we had all weekend. Mind you, I live here, but I ain't never tasted Harold's Chickens like that, man, man. Harold, y'all, y'all snap, bro. Other than that, we also ate at Highline for a brunch. I wanted to show the homies what it was like brunching in Chicago. So we had endless mimosas and endless food. It was great. Now, worst place to eat was fucking Rosati's Pizza. I'm not lying. We were excited because they were open to 3 a.m., which is great when it's late. But the pizza was not good to me. Sorry. It wasn't good to any of us. And they gave us the wrong order at that. And then the lady at the counter was so fucking hilariously aggressive. Like yelling yelling at customers left and right, bro. But it was hilarious, bro. It was hilarious. Like there was this dude trying to go to the bathroom, bro. And she just yelled at him before he even got up trying to see. Bro. It was crazy, bro. But anyway, loved it. Loved the drinking food overall. Told y'all where we stayed. Great vibe. So anyway, let's, let's address the elephant in the room. As it concerns all of the media attention on Lollapalooza, most of it centered around the amount of people in COVID-19. Everybody's talking about Delta variant. Delta this, Delta that. It's almost like y'all talking about the sorority at this point. COVID-19 was obviously a huge concern to many people. And when it's just very fair, we're still in this going on year two. But here are my personal thoughts. So, me and all my crew, all of us were vaccinated except one. And even then, we all still pretty much wore masks. If we were going inside of a crowd, we put that mask on. If when crowds got really big, we put our mask on. But as far as the festival's official declarations and guidelines, you had to show vaccination cards and you had to show negative COVID tests upon arrival every day. Being vaccinated was literally the only reason I felt confident enough to go. I only felt comfortable in crowded groups if I was wearing a mask. However, I can be completely honest, most people did not wear masks. Maybe 95 to 97% were maskless. So I know that scares a lot of people. I would be very surprised if the numbers don't go up after this festival because there were, it was just so many people, it's almost impossible for that thing to not have spread. Like I said though, I'm vaccinated and that's why I felt confident. But um, the festival was definitely fun, man. I, I'm not I'm not walking in fear. It was it was a fun festival. But whatever opinions y'all have, they're valid. Um, I'm just asking you to keep it to yourself. All right, performances. Let's get into the bulk of what the festival was about. The performances. We had a crazy list of artists, y'all. I couldn't even see everybody because there were so many big performances performing at the same time. Like, it was hard. But I do want to talk about some of my favorite performances and some of the best performances. So, Rico Nasty, man. Great performance. One of my favorite rap performances, Easy. She had amazing crowd control. Great vocals. Like, you gotta understand her sound. For her to be able to scream like that in person was mad impressive. Great stage performance. The songs were very performance ready. She was hype as hell. And she was also the closest I got to an artist. A lot of the male artists would talk about, oh, do a march with this, march with that. Rico Nasty was the only person I went to who was, as a female artist, was really controlling the crowd, getting mosh pits. At one point, she asked for an all-female mosh pit. I don't know if it happened or not, but that was unique. That was dope. My other favorite performance was Gibeon. Bro, 
dude sounded just as good live as he does on the tracks. And guess what? It was his first festival performance ever. Mind you, if you guys don't know, Giveon blew up during the pandemic. So he doesn't know an era where he was this big pre-pandemic. So that's unique for him. The, the lead up in the story behind Chicago Freestyle was dope. It was legitimately a freestyle. He did that in a performance here before he got really big. His performance of Peaches was dope, considering that's a feature. It was so, it really felt the vibe. It fit the vibe of, you know, the summer. It's really sunny. It was perfectly fit into his performance. But everything he performed was amazing, though. Like, No Misses, Heartbreak Anniversary. That was the song I lost my voice, y'all. I don't know if you can tell the difference in my voice, but man, I lost my voice after that day. Because I was saying the hell out of that song, man. <laughs> I'm saying the best I could. Another really big performance was Tyler, the Creator. So most of my groups say he had the best performance. He had an amazing opening, amazing stage design. He puts so many, you can tell when someone puts efforts into their performances, man. And that's really lacking in a lot of male rap performances right now. That a lot of male rappers feel like they just go on the stage and they pace back and forth. Tyler does not give you that. Tyler gives you the whole package. And I really appreciate like that. I really do. It felt like you got to look at his tour before the tour. It has great energy. One, another one of my favorites, another R&B act, which was Cautious Clay. So we barely made it to him in time, but I was so happy we got to make it. Um, he, to me, had one of the best crowds, which is, I know, a weird thing to kind of bring up. But a lot of performances, they made or broke based off of what the crowd was like. And we'll talk about that with some of the performances I didn't like. But um, he was super chill, easy to vibe. He had a he sounded great live. His performance of Wildfire, which is one of my greats from his latest album, was amazing. That let me know he could really sing. But the real the real kicker to me that made him one of my favorite performances is he played three different fucking instruments in one performance himself live. That's a flex, bro. No one else did that that I saw. That it may happen in some rock performances, but did not happen anywhere else. He also brought out Saba, which is a Chicago neighbor, which was dope as well. And another one of my favorites wasn't like a huge favorite, but it, I appreciate what it did for me, which was Young the Giant. They started with their hits, which is a band. It was really dope. Um, it was a nice change of pace. I was really vibing, man. I had to post some of the videos. I was really vibing to it, man. Um, it was nothing crazy good, but I really appreciated how he did a cover of Pharrell there, which was dope. It was like, it really kind of picked up the pace for me, but it was a nice vibe, man. And then my least favorite performances, Playboy Cardi, I was not feeling it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. The energy of his crowd was probably the hypest. And I'm not saying that to not play Bacardi. He had the, the, the hypest crowd because his fan base carried the performance. He himself didn't really perform. All he did was, yeah, yeah. And you got the lyrics and I'll just say, yeah. Bro, that's not a performance? Come on, bro. That's not a performance, bro. I wasn't feeling it. But I'm pretty sure Playboy Cardi probably had the highest mortality rate at all the performances. Because folks was getting carried out and fainting. It was it was rough for people. Because that was one of the first really huge mosh pit Brady performances. Like it was crazy. Um, me and my homie David got as close as we could, man. But that was that was a performance that let me know, yo, this this thing is deep. But I wasn't a fan of the performance overall. Another one of my least favorites, and I hated to say this one, y'all. I was so disappointed, man. And I, I'm sorry to all the fans, but Young Thug did not deliver. He started off fire. He had he had the highest potential out of all the performances. Mind you, Young Thug got moved to a bigger slot because the baby got canceled, which we'll talk about later. But he also started late, and he had the nerve to end early. Like, what? He had a great set design. He had a great entrance. I love the clip. I like the first song. 
And he still has some great performances of certain songs, like, you know, the horses don't, they keep going. That was hard. But, you know, just to end the song on the London, because the DJ didn't play the part of the song he thought the DJ was going to play, and then just come out and say, okay, that's it. That's lame, bro. He has the biggest catalog of bangers than anybody that performed. Anybody. And he didn't play them. He played the singing ass songs. You know what I'm saying? He played the slow song. That's just not the vibe for that. But he did bring out Gunner, which was dope. When they performed, um, that was crazy. That was lit. Like, it wasn't a, a trash performance. But I just didn't think he met, he met the potential he could have met. Other than that, man, it was some funny moments, bro. Some funny moments for the actual concert. So there was a guy crowd surfing next to um, me and Dre. Dre literally dropped this dude mid-crowd This man fell. It was mad embarrassing, but I could not lie. I thought that shit was mad funny. I guess Dre wasn't feeling it. That nigga just straight up fell. Sterling, shout out to Sterling for losing a shoe. And somebody picking up the shoe and throwing it on stage. I'm dead. And Kaylin out here on some thug shit, not letting people pass unless they can say who they going to go see. I'm dead. Dude getting mad. That shit was mad funny, bro. Young Thug, overall, I didn't like the performance, but it had a lot of great moments. We had some really cool people just chatting while we were waiting on him to start. But man, it was a vibe. Another one of my least favorite performances, and it wasn't a, a huge miscap, but I, I felt like Roddy Rich could have went a bit harder. I think I expected a bit more. To me, he didn't have a lot of stage presence. He, would, he didn't have really high energy. Outside of his biggest hits, which is The Box, and the song he has with DJ Mustard, it just wasn't a lot to really carry the performance to me. You gotta have a good performance outside of your hits too, because that's how people want to check out your other songs. I just thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. It wasn't a bad performance. It was just okay. But I think for the level of hits he has, it should be way bigger than that. Okay, so those are my main takes on the performances. But there were some honorable mentions, y'all. Like I said, it was a lot of performances. St. John, he was not perfect, but the highs were really high. He's very talented. You know, he's he did really good. And you can tell this performance is really important to him. He mentioned how he did Lollapalooza in the past. And by the way, everybody mentioned, every performance mentioned in some way, COVID not allowing them to perform they wanted to. Everybody was excited to be able to perform again. Post Malone was was solid. He had fireworks, which was unique. I thought that was really dope. Um, he wasn't perfect. I couldn't get a really good view of him, but he easily, easily had some of the biggest turnout. And I honestly think this was probably the demographics of the festival itself, but he had a great turnout. Um, and that's why it was hard to get really good play, really good seats. We tried to find a big group, me and Sterling, but it was, it was hard to get into where the main group was at. But anyway, Post Malone was dope. Brockhampton, Jack Harlow, Flo Millie, and G Herbo were some of the best honorable missions. They all really surprised me. Jack Harlow has a lot of crowd-ready, party-ready songs, which I did not know uh, to this extent. I knew him, but I didn't know he had that many. Flo Millie had great energy, had really good crowd control as well. G Herbo, for him to be called in at the last minute, had a great performance. He brought out Chance the Rapper. He did that thing, man. I was really hyped for him. Freddie Gibbs, super hyped. Super hype, man. Freddie Gibbs went in, bro. He went in. I think uh, the homie Kaylin got so close, he was literally in dude's face. That was pretty dope. Megan, I loved her intro crypto vibe. My only knock was that she wasn't that dynamic. Whatever you saw in the first three performances is what you were going to see for the rest of the show, meaning if she was going to rap, move around, and twerk, you would get that every song. Now, I'm not against twerking. That shit was lit. Every time she twerked, she had everyone's attention. I'm just more so commenting for her level of status. I would expect a little bit more dynamic of a performance. But her um, her hype women were super hype. 
And then the most honorable mention is my feet, man. They did the best they could, <laughs> but they hurt like hell every day. I was not built for all of that. I was not built, bro. <laughs> anyway, man, that was the main take on the performances. One of the artists we did not get to see before was the baby. So we actually did not know. All of the attendees, to my understanding, did not know the baby was going to get canceled until the day of his performance. So the baby was originally slated to perform one of the last rap acts of the entire festival. And then that morning, we all get a text that says, hey, you know, Lollapalooza's basically his official stance under the baby was, hey, we stand for diversity and inclusion. And because of that, we are removing the baby from the festival due to his comments he made at Rolling Loud. Mind you, Rolling Loud was maybe a one, like two weeks ago before Lollapalooza. So, I mean, I asked the group on it, you know, and I asked a couple of random strangers what they thought on it. It was mixed opinions. Some people felt like it went too far as far as canceling. Some people were actually happy he got canceled. Um, some of his fans felt like, hey, we didn't get a notice ahead of time to know that, hey, he wasn't going to perform because some people may have bought tickets to see just him. Since he was replaced with Young Thug, I don't think a lot of people went in initially too pressed about it because I was like, hey, I'd rather see Young Thug anyway. But seeing how Young Thug's performances was not up to par, the very man killed it. I don't know. I don't want to say. But anyway, those are the main things about Lala Lapuza for me. So with all that being said, my official overall rating of Lala Puza 2021 is a 9 out of 10. Honestly, honestly, the only reason it wasn't 10 out of 10 is because maybe because it was a pandemic, man. Maybe it's because the demographics was maybe a bit younger than I expected. But overall, man, I had fun. It really wasn't any knocks to the trip, man. Like, I wouldn't say it was perfect, but I had a great time. Probably some of the most fun I'm going to have this year. So, yo, that's your boy Teezy. Review of Lala Puza 2021. Let me know what you thought if you went to the festival. Let me know if you had any questions about the festival. And this is me officially signing out. Peace.